Hi ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Lean Fast Power's Motivational Psychology uh, Podcast. I'm well excited today because I've got a very good old friend with me. Uh, we go back many years, uh, Brandon Angus Scott, an absolute monster of a power builder. And he's travelled all the way from Manchester today to come sit with me. We, we share similar views, we have a very, very similar past to get past together. Uh, we've gone through similar sort of dark stages in life and both come out the other side. Uh, and still pressing forward on the the development side of uh, of life. So, welcome, Brandon. Man, it's great to have you here, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me. No problem at all, mate. Yeah. So, tell me all. To, to let's start with your day, mate. I, I was travelling down here. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was all this right. morning, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought it'd be quicker than it was. Uh, took me about two and a half hours, but it's all part of the journey. It's all part it of the is, process. Mate. Coming back to little old Lincolnshire, it's a bit. Bit out of the way from the rest of the country, isn't it? It is, mate. Yeah, how long? How long have you been away from Lincoln now? I know. I know. We used to work it work together about four, five, four, five years ago. Yeah. How long so have you been away? I moved. Um, I moved to Manchester, uh, like August, September, two thousand fifteen. Uh, so it's been, what, just over four years. You know, yeah. four and a half years, nearly. Um, and yeah, I mean, in that time, I've 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 evolved a lot as a person. Yeah. It's really made me a man. It's made me a made me an adult, mm. so to speak. Um, yeah, it's always nice to come back to Lincolnshire, you know, yeah, nice to come back to what, the place I used to call home. I think it's nice, mate, that everyone can have that sort of, like, place, like you say, to call home, do you know what I mean? It's, it's familiarity, in it? It's, it's somewhere yeah. familiar. Going so Even breaking away, going across to Manchester, mate, do you know what I mean? Because going back to, like, when we was at working on the doors and stuff together, you, you know, you always used to be quite the not secluse, but the one who, the individual who, you was a, you know, you like to keep yourself to yourself, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So was it hard moving to Manchester? Because obviously, do you know what I mean? It's a big step, it's a big, it's a big change, isn't it? Yeah, I think at the time, because, um, you know, I did, I'm originally from uh, near Skagnais, a place called Olford, a small town. Um, I did move to Lincoln for about half a year uh, when I was 22, 23. I uh, moved in with uh, a friend who, uh, I was friends with and then I struggled to live with him for one reason or another and then I moved back and when I actually moved to Manchester I was I was still living with my, with my parents back with my parents so yeah. um, it was a bit of like you know you, you're becoming very independent now yeah. you're living on your own not living with a friend um, you don't have a lot of that physical support anymore yeah. you know that it's always nice to come home and you know even when you're you know a guy in his, his 20s it's always nice to come home and and talk to your family and talk to yeah. you know your close personal friends that you've known for a while and be able to if you've had a bad day um, help them cheer you up I knew maybe one or two people out in Manchester when I moved um, it was a big big scary place and for a guy who uh, I mean I'm a naturally uh, especially when I was younger I was a very shy reserved person mm. uh, so you know moving out there was was quite daunting but uh, it's the best thing I've ever, ever done yeah man well looking at you you know even with your physicality and the mental side of things we have really deep conversations now and you know, some of the conversations that we've had today, I wish I could have captured, but I'm pretty sure they'll flow naturally within this uh, podcast today. But you, you, you've gone away to Manchester, uh, you know, a big scary step sort of, to, you know what I mean? It's out of people's comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. But you've come out, for, I've seen you, I, I met you a few months ago and we had some lunch and stuff, and yeah. you've come out three, four times as strong, <laughs> 10 times more mentally resilient and disciplined. Yeah. Um, by going off to a big city in a scary place, completely outside your comfort zone, and you've you've grown. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tell me a bit about that story, mate. I mean, um, you know, back when I was in Lincolnshire, uh, especially when I think the turning point when I was younger was uh, so I was always told, um, you know, I was a clever person, I was a clever, clever child, I was I was 
uh, always a bit of an underachiever at school, was told I could do a little bit better than what I was doing. Uh, but sc- the school system, the education system didn't really suit me. And I don't think it suits, it suits that many people, you know. No. Um, and I dropped out of college and I sort of lost my way a little bit and uh, had to go on job seekers allowance for a few months. I uh, was out of work and ended up going out two, three, four times a week. Um, mixing with the wrong crowd, yeah. drinking, doing drugs. Um, yeah, just being influenced by the wrong people. And at that time, I was still quite sheltered, sheltered kid. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I, I sort of wanted to find just a, a group that would take me in. And I, I sort yeah. of found the wrong group in a way. Um, I mean, ironically, being in that state and going out actually got me onto um, the job that I ended up doing, which was security, door security. Yeah. Um, which is ironically a job that I still do now. I mean, it's in a very different role. Yeah. But uh, I ended up doing that because I thought I'm I'm spending a lot of money and going out all the time, and I'm thinking, you know, I could still go out, so to speak, but I can get paid to go out. Pay, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but the problem was, like, I I tried to think, oh, it's going to get me off drinking and doing drugs but I would just work and then go to after parties afterwards yeah, you no know question. and sometimes be away from home three or four days because I'd go to after parties after yeah. every single night on, uh, on the doors and then go home finally on a Sunday night uh, my parents must have known I was on yeah, stuff but yeah I used question. to go home and be like oh, oh, oh where, yeah. where have you been like, oh, <laughs> that anxiety kicks in doesn't yeah, it like yeah. birds are chirping outside and it's scary isn't it yeah so um, yeah for, I mean that was I was 18, 19 when that happened and you know um, ironically um, I was working in Skeg- Skegness is not a nice, nice place especially the night night scene and uh, I was working on a pretty rough door and uh, a door known for heavy handed doormen and ironically I got banned from working that door for being too heavy handed <laughs> uh, I got banned three times from working there actually um, so I ended up uh, speaking to my boss at the time and getting getting him to put me in contact with some, some guys over in Lincoln uh, to work there unfortunately he took the same mentality over there yeah. um, again Mix maybe mixed with the wrong crowd over there, you know. Yeah. Naturally, and you know, continued the same same sort of lifestyle, you know. And this went kept going on and on and on until I was uh, until I was twenty three, twenty four, when I finally moved out uh, to Manchester. Um, and I think uh, the biggest thing from moving to Manchester was finally when I moved out there, because I never did, I never drank, I never did drugs on my own. I was yeah, never someone yeah. who craved it when I was on my own. Mm-hmm. But when I was around the right people or Peer wrong pressure. people. Yeah, I'll be like, I've got to do it now, you know, because yeah. um, everyone else is, and you know, it was good to do in a social environment. Yeah. It's not too good to do on, uh, good to do on your own. Uh, so finally, when I went to Manchester, um, I didn't mix with the wrong crowd, cool, and yeah. it it sort of got me off all that. And literally since I've been there, I've drank maybe two or three times. Um, I only had one proper, no, two proper nights out. One was like a couple months after moving there, and the yeah. other one was for my mate's birthday last year. And other than that. Not drank, not done drugs. And how's life changed? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the smile says enough, mate. Ridiculously. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's crazy because I always tried to, it's almost like, it's almost like I was, I was unhappy with my life in one way or another and I was just trying to find that, that way of, of that comfort. Yeah, but like, the drugs took you somewhere else. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you were a different person. Mm. Like, Whenever confident, I was, massive confidence. Of course, you know, whenever yeah. you, I mean, like I say, originally I'm a quite shy, reserved person. As soon as I have a drink and I have, like, I have a few lines, I'm, I'm very sociable, too sociable in a way. Yeah. I, I annoy people. And uh, I sort of, I enjoyed being sociable. I enjoyed being like that, even if it made a fool like myself. Yeah. Um, so I was always trying to find that sort of 
way out of reality. Yeah. Um, whereas when I went to Manchester, I sort of I faced reality head on. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, I've got to deal with reality properly because I, I went out there to be a personal trainer, didn't really enjoy it. And for the first six to eight months being out there, things didn't really go to plan. I, I got into a lot of debt, um, but I had to deal with it. And I, I've, I've dealt with it and I've come out uh, the other side and I've never had to resort back to, you know, all the shit that I used to do. Mm. So. I think it's true, man. I mean, you, to what you just said there, it's like it's like balance, isn't it? You've gone from being like a quiet, reserved kid to sort of like, you know, taking the drugs to sort of like get you into that social, give you that, give you that social acceptance to a degree. Well, what you yeah. maybe thought was social acceptance, but... You know, I, you know me very well. I was I was one of them men in that crowd when you came to Lincoln in the bad indeed, scene. Indeed, I was yeah. one of them people, um, and I was just, I did exactly the same as you. And and it and it, and it was that I did that, that 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 balance. We were speaking about it earlier when me and you were the same when when we used to do bad stuff. And I, I never I never used to come home after I'd done something terrible to someone, like something violent or something deceitful or something bad. I never came home and was like. Oh yeah, fuck that showed them. I'd no. come home and I'd be I'd be devastated with myself. I was always like, why do you keep doing this? And why do you keep going through this? And then the next day I'd feel shit for what I'd done. So what would I do the next day? I'd take drugs and I'd drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it. painful cycle. And then of we course. blame everything outside of ourselves. We're like, why does life keep doing this to me? Why mm. does why does whatever people blame God, people blame life, people blame, blame circumstance. It's until like like you just said a minute ago, but you take fucking full responsibility. That in fact, every single action that I make has a reaction, of course, and yeah. that you know. So, so if I keep, I, mean, I speak to a lot of people about, you know, what I speak about in my videos. I never shy away from the man I used to be, and I never, ever, ever will. Um, do I regret him? Do I regret the things that he did? I've got to say no because without the, without the things that he did, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And I'm sorry yeah. if that offends anybody, but it's it's how it has to be brandon i'm 100 percent the same you know i mean we were just talking before we started and uh you know agreeing on that point um you know th th it's all lessons learned mm. um and it's mad it's like um it's like we even spoke back in the gym an hour or two ago you know um i feel like i've used you know like how a cat has nine lives i feel yeah. like i've used up them nine lives because oh are we still alive yeah. some of the things i used to do um you know i remember one time literally being in skagnash driving to lincoln after sharing a litre bottle of vodka with another guy couldn't even see I don't know how I drove yeah. uh, I, I knew the route so it must have been like autopilot uh, got there I had a fist fight with my mate that I went out with lost my keys lost my phone lost everything mm. uh, ended up coming back to my car because I didn't have my keys I couldn't get in my car I parked outside like student accommodation someone from my hometown like opened the window to I think tell me to shut up mm. and saw it was me invited me in but I always think if I had my keys on me then I would have got in my car. I would have oh, killed myself. Yeah. You know, it was almost like Do you know something what I, was looking out for me and telling me it wasn't your time. It's purpose, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know? I always say to my parents, my parents, my parents know uh, through my life the drug use and drug abuse that I've uh, that I've been through that I've used to escape from certain situations. Now, I used to say to my parents this. I used to say, okay, I did used to smoke a lot of cannabis. I used to take ecstasy. I used to, I used to a lot of drugs, except for the hard, hard, hard stuff. Yeah. And he used to say to mum, dad, look, you know, I'm using these drugs to escape, but a lot of people use another drug and there's no other drug on the planet that I have taken where I can't walk, I can't talk, 
I'm falling out on my friends. Yeah. I'm fighting with my friends. I'm ending up in jail. I'm ending up in hospital. I'm fighting with my family. No ecstasy, no amount of ecstasy, no amount of cannabis, no amounts of fucking MDMA I've ever taken has got me in that sedate, except for fucking alcohol. Yeah. And I can go to the shop and buy that. Yeah. So why is that illegal? I'm not saying drugs are good. Drugs are not good because, you know, we shouldn't be trying to escape. People shouldn't be trying to escape from a, from reality. This is life, isn't it? Yeah. But the, the, the alcohol side of things pisses me off because people boycott all the other drugs, all the illicit drugs. Yeah. Mate, if you give me two ecstasy pills, not that I'd take them now, but I just want to cuddle everyone. Yeah, yeah. I just want to You're fucking make sure. Man. I just want to cuddle. I love yeah. everybody. I want to cuddle. I want to. I want to make sure everyone's all right. You give me a liter of vodka, mate. I want to kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, um, it doesn't make sense to me why society it's like that. But it, well, it does. I, I, I'm not going to go into the biggest conspiracy side of things. But. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, the, the, there's three three legal legal drugs really, or three uh, collections of legal drugs that are probably the most damaging. You've got obviously uh, alcohol, tobacco, and then uh, prescription drugs. You know, yeah. pain pills. Uh, antidepressants, things like that, and uh, you know, if you think of all them, like nearly every every uh, modern household has has what yeah. you would maybe call a, a drug addict. Drug you know, in it, I mean, yeah. how many people are popping pain pills just because because <laughs> of one little ail- ailment or popping antidepressants because they've got a bad had a bad day? I'm not I'm not uh, slating people who suffer from depression. It is a real thing, but a lot of people don't look for the real. Yeah, solutions yeah. you know look for the real lifestyle changes that are going to solve it yeah. not, pills won't solve every anything they just suppress um, the symptoms exactly they don't deal with the core root do they exactly. they just suppress exactly. the symptom of the what's but going on unfortunately uh, for one reason or another people don't they listen to the fucking they, they want the easy way out and yeah. they think a pill or doing something is the easy way out whereas a lifestyle change you know a diet change uh, is something a little bit harder uh, but acquire knowledge as well mate of yourself you know and i put up a post the other day and it's so funny yeah they, they, we've got we've got so much information in our hands in our phones in our pockets these books is everything we can go for to get knowledge about ourselves, our minds and everything but people say they haven't got time but yet they'll do a 15 minute survey on fucking facebook to find out what kind of potato they are yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what i mean it's, 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 it's it doesn't make the, sense it's the same with the gym you know i mean my, a lot of, the amount of people you speak to oh, i don't have time to go to the gym you know, but yeah, they're doing so many other mundane, watching pointless Emmerdale tasks. And, exactly. Uh, I actually have this little philosophy, mate. I, people who say to me, I ain't got time in a day. I say, right, okay, let's break this down dead quickly. 24 hours in a day, I'll give you eight hours sleep. That's a damn good sleep. That yeah. leaves you 16 hours. That gives you 16 hours left, yeah? Even if you work 10-hour days, which is a long-ass day, that gives you six hours. I'll give you an hour and a half I'll give you two hours which is a long time to eat breakfast lunch and dinner and socialise that's a long time so I'm really giving you a, a decent amount of sleep a decent amount of time to eat and chill with your family while you're eating and, and socialising and a damn ass long day at work so that leaves you with what four hours so let's say five hours just yeah. to break it down a little bit five hours sit on sit on your own in the living room for five hours and do nothing that's a long ass time people are watching about what Susan did to Dave's uncle's brother's yeah, sister yeah. on Emmerdale and then when Emmerdale finishes oh quick wait extenders is on did you see what Rich's Susan did to Carol's brother's missus yeah, yeah. and then the, well, and then in the, in the adverts in between they're looking at all these fucking programs that are saying you need to look this way you need to look that way you need to have a faster car the newest my model and we sit there going oh I wish I had that I wish I had this yeah, why yeah. are you wasting your fucking five hours you've got left watching 100%. this bullshit 100% I mean um, you know the average working week is 40 hours yeah. Anyone who works the average working week has so much time to themselves. I used to work um, 
when I finally got myself into a few jobs in Manchester, I had to start doing two jobs to sort of pay off my debt. I used to work 76 hour weeks. Yeah. I still used to train three or four times a, uh, a week. Yeah. You know, how would I fit that in when I'm doing that, that many hours week after no week? No question. Because you've got the time, you know? Yeah, man. You know, some days I would have to get up at half five in the morning, be at work for 12 hours. Um, train for, for two hours. I would train for like two or three hours because I was doing powerlifting training, which is a lot slower paced. Uh, get home 10 o'clock, uh, cook my meals, go to bed, do it all again. And then at weekends, on a Friday, I do my 12 hour shift, then do another seven hour shift straight after. Yeah. You know? And I would still train three or four times a week. I wasn't really training to my optimal. Yeah. Uh, like I am now. But, but you're still getting it in. I was getting it in, you know? Um, and it was I was doing a lot more than, than I would have done if I wasn't. If, yeah. of, of course I was. Um, and I'm, I'm going to admit, you know, at that time I wasn't really enjoying life, but I, I bet I would have hated it 10 times worse if I wasn't oh, training. Oh, no question, mate. Yeah, you end up just down in, in a slump, don't you? Yeah. I was, you know, I was talking to someone earlier, actually, again, in the gym, always in the gym. Uh, and she's a lovely lady. She's she's an absolute champion. She's got a really good mindset and she's going to go fast. She's going to do a big challenge with us this year, which I'll be announcing later on, maybe at the end of this podcast. Um, and she works long hours. She does work. She works for the school's education system, believe it or not. Uh, and she works 70, 70, 70 to 80 hours a week, which is true. You know, and, and it is hard to find time because you are that tired when you come home, and I do get it. But in that respect, for me, still, if you want to acquire or ascertain some kind of goal... And you are working them 70, 80 hours. And yes, I do understand this is going to be very difficult for some people to hear. But then look at changing your career. So it does yeah. so it does fit in, it's fit in, in, in alongside something that you are purposely wanting to do, something that you do enjoy. Yeah. Don't sit in a job that you're doing eight hours a week and then tell me you haven't got time. And then you haven't, because you do an eight hour, if you do an 80 hours a week, you're in the wrong line of work. And the yeah, company yeah. you're working for is not going to evolve in time and it will fall down because the world is fucking changing. I mean, a lot of people, uh, including myself, you know, talk about, you know, hard work. People need to put the work in. But uh, when it comes to uh, professional life, work it's not smart. necessarily about working hard. It's about working smarter. Yeah, man. You know, uh, in the job, the main job I was doing when I was doing my 76 hours, I was in a managerial position, uh, managing two departments. And I thought to myself, this is a proper job. I was on salary. Um, you know, my first salary job I'd ever been in. I thought, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm in a proper job now. I can move up the ladder. Um, so for a long time, I was sort of a prisoner by my own my own mindset, my own mentality, because I thought I need to stay here because this is a proper job. Yeah, this yeah. isn't the doors. This isn't personal training. This is something guaranteed. But the job killed me. The job yeah. absolutely killed me. It, it lost. Well, it, it it put me in such a destroys your soul. Yeah, it put me in such a bad mental state that yeah. I was I was in a relationship at the time. I was a horrible person to be around. I lost I lost that relationship. Uh, one of the only women I've ever loved. Um, and you know that, that took me a while to get over. Uh, but I can't blame her because I was a horrible person. No question. But I can't no. blame the job because no one was forced me to do the choice. job. Yeah. It was me, you know. You're responsible. Of course. And, you know, eventually I realized I need to get out. And, you know, I ended up uh, taking the job. There was a little bit less pay, but um, I did a few miles on the door to make up for it. And then I finally got out of that type of work. Um, got myself into, I mean, I'm still on the doors per se, but it's very high end sort of yeah. um you know, really nice restaurants, uh, which is full-time work, and I'm, I'm earning, you know, really decent money for a doorman, yeah. um, and I've got most of my hours, uh, a week free, I'll do for 40 hours or so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whereas I still want to keep progressing, um, I'm, I'm happy, you know, I'm content. 
So tell me, like, what happens next for Brandon, mate? While you're in Manchester, what what are you doing? Tell me about tell me about your sport, mate, because you're a power builder. So tell me a little bit about this, mate. Well, uh, power building is sort of like a casual term that I sort of uh, I call myself and a few other um, sort of hybrid athletes and people around the world call themselves it. It's basically um, so I've competed in powerlifting strongman in the past, and I still plan to compete in, in both in the future. Um, but being a power builder is a bit like. Uh, it's like having the strength uh, and the ability of, of a strongman and a powerlifter. Okay. Uh, but with while maintaining what I would sort of class as an aesthetically pleasing physique, that much an aesthetically pleasing physique that I do want to compete in bodybuilding next year as well. Okay. So um, a power builder, you know, is that's like the term that people have coined that type of person, you know. Yeah. Um, as much like a hybrid. Yeah, in a way, in a way, bit of a cliche term. I know people like Mike O'Hearn call themselves a power builder. Um, I just think it defines what I'm going for the most. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, I've got it on my Instagram profile, but I put it in quotation marks, and I, I literally did the little quotation. What thing is marks. your Instagram profile, Brandon? Uh, so it's just my name, Brandon Angus Scott. Okay, mate. So you can get followed, get followed on yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about the most basic thing I can, I can <laughs> do. I can't claim Brandon Scott because that's been taken. So yeah. put my middle name in there. Everyone knows who I am. I like Angus, mate. Where's Angus come from? Um, I it's it's quite strange. A lot of people think it's Scottish. Um, I was gonna say but, that. Yeah. Um, it's actually the lead guitarist of ACDC. Ah, uh, mate, yes, um, <laughs> I love that guy, so mate. <laughs> my parents, uh, my mum especially, very very big. Uh, cool parents. Yeah, very very big rock rock fans. Yeah. Um, and my mum uh, originally wanted to call me Bon Scott, which is the because uh, uh, obviously my surname is Scott, and the first singer of uh, ACDC before he died was called Bon Scott. Bon Scott, of course, uh, But my yeah. dad was like, no, that's too much. That's yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. So I think they settled on middle name Angus. Um, and actually, uh, when ACDC made their comeback a few years ago, I think they did a song called Runaway Train. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, it meant that my parents were in the music video. Oh, uh, they would, I think they did like a bit of a live performance and my parents were there because you sort of had to enter a competition yeah. and say like, how big of an ACDC fan uh, are you? And, you know... Sort of your name, yeah. yeah explain the story, and uh, that got him in there. So, oh, wicked. you know, and so, some people sort of like say, "Oh, like Angus Beef," you know, because yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a big yeah, guy, big guy, like Angus Beef. It. So, you know, maybe if I become a bit of a more of a strong man, you know, that could be like a sort yeah, of a, a, a sort of coin a nickname around it. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I like the name. It's a pretty. Cool I name, do, you know? mate. Brandon's cool name. Angus is a cool name. You know, I want to talk about like a little bit about the psychology side of things, the power building, then. So, like. You know, when we do runs as a fighter, we do like a lot of endurance stuff and we have things running through our mind. Like, so just, I'm going to give you an example. I want to tell you what, what, what's, what your brain's saying to you. So you've got, what's, what's, your, what's a heavy deadlift for you? What's your PB? Uh, 300 kilos at the moment. So there's 310 kilo in front of you now. Yeah, yeah. What's your head saying? So, um, you know, it, it is so easy to be so intimidated by that weight. Yeah. No matter what uh, lift you're going for. You know, even though a deadlift, if you fail it, it's not going to put you in any danger, unlike a squat or a bench press. Yeah. Because if you fail it and you've not got any spotters, you're fucked. Yeah, you know, you're pretty fucked. Not, yeah. Uh, but because a deadlift, because cause it's something you have to, like, you have to rip it off the floor, you have to yeah. pull it off the floor, you have to be so mentally psyched up. Um, if you don't go in with the right attitude, you're not pulling that lift. You know, uh, something that... Uh, the guy that runs the gym that I used to train at, a guy called Andre, that I do owe a lot to. Um, he he took me in, took me in his treatment room in his in his back room one day and basically just talked to me about um, about mentality and about sort of key words to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
share a few of these keywords. So, words. you know, you just need positive words in your yeah. brain. He actually did a thing where he got me, I think, laying on my back or laying on my front and, and told me to raise my leg and he would push it down. Yeah. And he would get me to say a word, say like, uh, at the time I was working two jobs. Uh, so he said, um, okay, say one job. Yeah. You push it and my leg would stay, like stay very strong. Yeah. He said two jobs, you push it and my leg would go down. Ah. It's mad, it's mad to think about, but it's almost like that. your brain like is, when it comes to something that's negative, when it comes to something that's not, you know something you don't really want in your life yeah okay man your brain just switches off for some reason yeah um i don't really know the science behind that but obviously i took that and i thought wow you know that was one of the most rewarding sessions in the gym i'd ever had because he he, he, he spoke to me for about half an hour 45 minutes and basically told me going into these lifts you know your mentality is uh everything everything yeah, yeah. so before a big lift i i say a few like words just stuff like very stuff very positive things like strong you know yeah um, power, yeah, powerful. power, yeah. yeah but yeah. don't say like, don't say, I won't do. Uh, or um, I used to say I'm a fat, cool fat boy, but now yeah. I took myself away from it because I was like thinking I'm not fat, right? I, I don't want to say any of these negative things to myself. Do you know what I mean, you don't want to say stuff like no problem or yeah, this isn't like uh, like things that are basically cancel out a negative word because yeah, your yeah. brain will only register that negative word, yeah, which is mad because he actually did the test with that as well, so. Um, you have to just say like very key short phrases or words powerful words yeah, yeah. Um, one guy is actually very very good for doing it he's one of the strongman sort of MCs and he's I think he's three time more strongest man the guy called Bill Kazmaier okay uh, he does a, he works for Giants Live which is one of the biggest strongman uh, federations in the world and a lot of the times before big deadlifts and big big lifts he's on the mic microphone he's saying strong power yeah, you know them sort of nice. things and it you know I used to think that was just that was just him being classic Kaz yeah you know? But uh, now you know there's there's a lot of a lot of psychology around it, and it actually really does help the lifter. Whereas if you've got someone talking like over the over the um, the microphone over the speakers, sort of saying negative things, like yeah. I would refuse to do the lift until I could get psyched up again because yeah. you're you're putting bad things into my head. It's a bit like choosing sort of, the right music, I guess, isn't it? It's in the way, right yeah. entrance song like, to a fight yeah. to a lift to a training day. I mean, my my favorite um, my favorite. Two of my favorite songs um, I like to use. One of them is, uh, is uh, Live for the Kill by a band called, I think, Amon Amath or something okay. like that. Like a, uh, I think they're like a, a Scandinavian metal band. Yeah. Um, and there's like a sort of an orchestral piece coming into like a very, very powerful metal piece at the end of their music. And I like to use that. But that's more for the, that, the you don't really need any lyrics there. Uh, the other one is a song called Onward to Victory. Okay. Which uh, used to be Andre Arlovsky's entrance team okay. in, in MMA. It's by a band called Ice Pig, which are actually a bit of a side project of the band Hatebreed, which are very a quite well known metal band. And if you listen to a lot of uh, Hatebreed's music, it's very motivating. Yeah. Okay. Unlike most metal bands that are all about death and yeah, Satanism yeah. and all that sort of stuff, you know, which Darkness. is a bit yeah, a bit crazy. Like they're always always singing and screaming about posit positive things. Wicked. I need to hear these. So, guys, mate. Um, you know listening to that before doing a big lift just puts you in in, in such a such a great Powerful mindset state, isn't it? Yeah. yeah you know i mean i love to train to metal anyway because i like to be as as pumped up and angry as like angry yeah. but channel that anger um you know i like to be Dis amped up. disciplined with the, yeah. anger, with the with the aggression in it and when it comes to a lift like a like a deadlift um or anything like that you need to be hyped up yeah else it's not gonna happen no. you know something like a squat or a bench press is a little bit different um, but because you're ripping that, that bar off the floor, yeah. you know, 
you have to do that with all your might, all, all your power. And if, if you're not 100% into that lift, it's not going to happen. Nah. Um, so I know, like, this week I was doing deadlifts and uh, afterwards I decided I needed a deload because my mind and my body were just saying, just like, just I couldn't get motivated and my, my body wasn't really wasn't really saying positive things to me. Yeah. Um, I could deal with my body sometimes, but when my mind's doing that, it just tells me I, I sort yeah. of need a rest. So, uh, yeah, mentality is everything. It's like burning out, isn't it, when you get to that point? 100%, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been training, I train heavy. I always try and beat my previous numbers over and over again. If I'm doing a set of five, set of three, you know, singles, doubles. Uh, I always try and beat my beat my uh, reps and weight from, from the last week or the week before, depending yeah. on my rotations of, of exercises. And after doing that for months and months and months, um, you know, you can't expect too much from yourself. And I'm only human as much as I'd love to be yeah. superhuman. Yeah, yeah, superhuman, yeah. Um, as much as I'd, I'd love to be able to recover from a heavy deadlift like that, I, I've learned from a body. My, my body recovers best when I do one sort of heavyish week and then one sort of speed week. Mm. I can't even do heavy deadlift after heavy deadlift because I'll yeah. reach a plateau. So I realise my body needs a lot of time to rest and recover and, and your mind does as well. Yeah. You know? I think you know, I think it's true that like we, I, was, I watched this documentary the other day um, and I know we're going a little bit off track but we're not. I'm, I want to talk about listening to your body and listening to your mind. Not just listening to the mind but listening to the body. And this documentary was called uh, The Gut, The Second Brain. Right. So there's like neurotransmitters inside of our gut, which uh, there's more neurotransmitters inside of your belly than there are in your in a domestic in a domesticated dog's brain, and we deem them as quite intelligent. Okay. So for me, um, I say this a little bit off track. It was to a certain degree, uh, but what we eat, your body will speak to you. But it's it's the same as when we when we over train or we train too hard. Your body will always listen to you. It's people think you've got to smash, 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 smash. Yeah every single day but I promise you all you're going to do is hit a wall and when you hit that wall you're going to fall but you, and not a wall you're going to be able to get over because you'll hit that wall and you'll repeatedly keep banging your head against that wall and you'll hit the yeah, deck you'll never get 100%. past it you've got to be intelligent with listening to your body and your mind right I mean I uh, I used to train in the gym with uh, one of the world's best powerlifters a guy called Tom Martin and Tom's a freak that yeah. guy's um, 100, 110 kilos and he can he can deadlift over 400 kilos squat over 400 kilos but he could deadlift like 80 90 percent of his max maybe 90 percent three times a week yeah and be able to recover that guy's superhuman that's yeah that. man and because i used to see that i used to think to myself i should be able to do that as well yeah yeah and it took me a while to realize brandon you can't do that it takes you 10 to 14 days to recover from yeah. a heavy deadlift session and i'm an impatient person mm -hmm. really impatient and it was hard to be able to realize i can't I can't, can't just chuck yourself into it. Yeah, I, I'd love to be able to go and do it the next day and the next day, and you know you do have to be patient. You have to be smart. And you it do. A, like it's a when you look at the top strength athletes in the world, the top bodybuilders in the world, anyone who's in strength sports, the guys at the top of the game, they're incredibly intelligent people. Yeah. Because yeah. every strength sport, bodybuilding as well, it, it's a science. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's you have to take influence from so or, or or things from so many different parts of uh, of your life and and get them perfect it's all diet and what you watch what yeah. you listen to what you eat 100%. what you do what you it's all it's and yes diet. a lot of the guys at the top of the game are genetically gifted yeah but they're genetically gifted and the hardest working guys yeah you know? no question i personally know eddie hall um only guy to ever deadlift 500 kilos uh was strongest man a couple of years ago and yeah he's genetically gifted yeah. but that man fucking worked his 
fucking ass off to get there. Trust yeah, me, man. like people don't understand. He would be, he would see his family a couple of hours a week. He was living with them. Yeah. But he would see him a couple of times a week because especially when he was still working, he would be working 60 70 hours a week training four or five uh, three, four or five hours a day. Yeah. And just seeing them maybe like half hour a day or something like that, but he knew he would be able to like if he became the best of the best not only would it, it, it look after his family right? exactly yeah, it, would, yeah. it would satisfy every goal that he wants yeah. and it would also financially satisfy his family yeah now they're like he, he's set for life probably two times over I bet, yeah. um you know he's he's the m- most well-known strength athlete in, in in britain for years maybe ever you know he's a household name now at, yeah. at he's, he's got uh, tv programs on, on yeah. two uh, two or three big uh, tv channels in this country um and he deserves it. Of course and he does. Yeah, he's genetically gifted, but he's also a fucking hard worker. And a lot of people just like to look at the people at the top of the sport, uh, of any sport, and be like, oh, they, you know, they were gifted that. Yeah. Do you no know what? Gifted. I think it's a really important thing we're just speaking about that because this is one of the things I wanted to. This is one of my missions in life. One of my one of my purposes is is this. I always say I've always I, my lean fast power company. We we have a slogan of tap into your superhuman potential. Yeah. Now. People aren't born great. Yes, we have good genetics. Yes, we come from good backgrounds. We come have good. Some people have good upbringings. Some people have bad upbringings. Some people have bad nutrition when they're growing up. Some people have good nutrition when they're growing up, which can also change your sort of the genetic complex as you're growing older. It all comes down to the fact of every single person. It my belief, by the way. Can I just state that? Because I always state that everything that I speak of is my belief. It's not a preach. It's just what I believe to be true. And what I believe to be true is, so long as obviously you've not sadly come into this world with some sort of like, um, you know, serious illness or, or disability, yeah. We even people with, actually I, I, I retract that because I've seen people without legs, mate, do tough mudders three or four times, mate, climb mountains. It all, everybody on this planet, no matter where you're born, no matter where you've been, you have a choice today to decide whether to start fucking grafting and getting through and pickaxing through that rock or staying where you are and continually watching the fucking soaps and be- wishing you had this and wishing you had that and hoping that someone will bring you to it on a plate. Everybody is capable. Everybody has superhuman abilities inside of them. It's a, And it all starts within the mind. 100%. I mean, um, I realise as a strength athlete, I'm never going to be the best. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to be the world's strongest man. Uh, as negative as that sounds, it's realistic. I'm never going to be the best powerlifter in the world, best bodybuilder in the world. But guess what? I can be the best version of me. Yeah. And that's what man. I want to be, the best version of me because... It's you against you. Of course, you know. Um, and guess what? I might be able to become world-class no being question. that because I've, I've not got a limitation on myself then. That's it, If yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at a guy like Eddie Hall who put a stone on for every year of his life like when he was 16 he was 16 stone 17 stone wow, 17 yeah. etc when I was 16 stone I was, when I was 16 years I was like 9 stone yeah um, you know first time he like bench pressed he was doing like 180 kilo 200 kilo wow. first time I bench pressed barely did the bar okay Eddie's got better genetics than me however doesn't mean that I can't put in the same amount of work you can get there, if yeah. not more and potentially become world class yeah, I might never become world strongest man, but guess what? I might. There's a possibility. I might, and I know in my head, even though I think realistically it, it probably won't happen, I know in my head if I fucking work the hardest I could work, it's a possibility. Guess what? It could happen. It's it could. A, yeah, it's and I'm just gonna keep trying. Yeah, I'm gonna tr- keep trying, and if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world because as long as I know I've made myself the best Brandon Scott 
Yeah. I could be. I'm not going to regret anything. Yeah. Um, but if I like, if I retire, you know, if I'm 60 or 70, even if I'm on my deathbed, I think to myself, you know what, I, I half-assed it. Yeah. I, I'll die very unhappy. Guess you know? what? Fuck that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the same with everything in life, you know. Um, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to look back and think I could have tried harder. You know, because a lot of people do it with. Yeah. A lot of things in life, a lot of people think, oh, I could have tried harder in school, I could have tried harder with getting an education, getting a job, and it puts them in a very negative mindset, yeah. and then they stay in that negative mindset. But I think then people come back, I mean, we're going on a completely different track now, but I honestly think that if, if you don't if you don't successfully get through life and, and, and develop yourself every day and evolve every day and help yourself evolve and be the best version of yourself and continually look at growth and development and, and knowledge and intellect and physical and mental discipline and growth... I think if you go to your deathbed and you think, oh shit, I really fucked up life, I was a twat to everybody, I messed up, I promise you I've got this really odd belief that you will come back and you will start again. Okay. And you and, and then you, you will cycle over them, this isn't just one of my beliefs, yeah. you will cycle over them, them, them same lessons again because if you don't learn lessons in life, you will cycle over them until you learn lessons. As soon as you learn a lesson, you evolve, you move on, you move forward. So if you can bring yourself to a state of understanding um and maybe live by that concept. I'm not saying it's something everybody should do, but if it works for you, it works for you. But if you can live by the concept of right, I am going to evolve every day. I'm, I'm going to. We, I had this conversation with uh, Ryan Croft, the owner of Primal Life Gym in Lincoln, where we train today. That good gym, and we, we, he had the same philosophy as me. If, I mean, this is minuscule. If you, if you improve your life by one percent a day, and that's reading ten pages of a book. That's putting 2.5 kilo aside on a, on a fucking bench, that's running yeah. 0.2 of a mile further. That 1% yeah. a day, after a year, 365% improvement of yourself yeah. as a person. Even if, if you, even if it's 0.1%. In it. Over a year, that's going to be a lot. That's it's, going to be a massive, massive improvement. improvement. Of course, it's compared yeah. to where you are now, instead of cycling over the same shit, yeah. doing no percent, no percent, no percent, no percent, no percent, getting to the end of the year and going, oh, shit, that was a shit year. Yeah. Well, what the fuck did you do? Exactly. What did you do? What did you do different this year than you did last year? And then what happens? People go into the next year and go, oh, right, yeah, I've got it made this year. I'm definitely going to do it. And then fall back into old fucking habits. Yeah. Do the same shit all year and they go, oh, I had a bad year again. Why yeah, does this yeah. keep happening to me? I mean, I used to actually be one of them people that used to sort of laugh and uh, everything like that. People be like, uh, like, you know, all this new year, new me. And half of the people that do say new year, new <laughs> me, it's all bullshit. However, yeah. going into this year, because I'm surrounded by such positive people, you know, I work with some incredible, incredible guys uh, at my job at the moment. Um, they're so motivating to me. I've actually gone into 2020 with some big goals, with cool, some yeah. some different challenges, and, and even with a different frame of mind. And, you know, yeah, it's just another day going from December the 31st to January the 1st, but I've sort of thought to myself, you know what, 2020, th- things are going to really yeah. step up a gear. Um, I haven't competed in powerlifting since 2018, or strongman. I sort of went off the wagon in 2019, um, sort of lost passion for the gym but decided to change gyms um reignite that and yeah i mean my passion's back i love training again and you know again being surrounded by such positive people helps so much yeah. uh, because it's really helped me uh, go to the next level and even though they might not be striving for the for similar goals to me um we can all relate yeah you know? i mean one of the guys that i work, work with i think he's 25 and you know that guy in a couple of years he's easily gonna be a millionaire yeah. because when it comes to business that guy's so fucking hard working, yeah. you know. And um, even though our goals are very different, 
um, it's the same how, how applying applying you know yeah. that that effort and you know that mentality is like you say the same effort. I yeah. think it's that energy, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm just gonna we're gonna wrap it up soon, mate. So I want to ask you one question. I keep I've been asking everybody on every single podcast the same question. Um, if you were sat in front of yourself at your worst, say, so what age was you at your worst? Would you say? Uh, it's hard to say. Anything between maybe. 19 and 23 there's a know? 19 23 year old you sat in front of you mm. now right now what's the first bit what's what advice would you give him um you know what it, it, it sounds weird but uh i mean like i said to you before i wouldn't change anything so good man keep going i, I, w- I would say to him you know what you, you're not in a great place at the moment but it's gonna get better same um, man. Just keep going just, mate, just you know just keep going. yeah uh, life life at this moment in time is not that great yeah man. but hey you're young uh get it out of your system yeah, man. You know, this is one thing with people drinking and doing drugs yeah. and all that. I still know people. We all know people thirties, forties, in the fifties. No question. Yeah. Live for the weekend. Still these doing people it. doing yeah, these nine to five jobs, probably in a relationship they hate, married or, or a marriage they hate, maybe with children that they don't even love. As bad as that sounds. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And they have to sort of escape, and their escapism yeah. is going out on the weekend and drinking and and doing other things. And you need to build a life you don't want to fucking escape yeah. from, right? And I was able to over that small period of time. I was able to sort of get that shit out of my system, yeah. you know, and uh, I was still a boy back now in yeah. my, my mind. And I, I know it sounds cliche, but I'm a man now yeah. and I've matured. And uh, yeah, I mean, if I spoke to him, as easy as I could say, I would say, like, what the fuck are you doing, you stupid dickhead? Yeah. He's you not going to listen to you though, nah, is he? We, like, we like, both know that. Yeah. Like, fucking, <laughs> like, I'd respect the fact that some big cunt was talking to yeah, me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be well, like, you oh, wouldn't take advice like, there, would you, man? But no, I'd be like, yeah, sure, yeah. dickhead. Um, you know, sorry for the language. It's right, mate. But, no, um, I fucking swore all the way through it, mate. You know, that, like you said, that would be pointless. So I, I could only say to, to him, you know, just, just, you know what? It, it's not great at the moment, but it's going to get so much better and you will mould into someone that you do, you know, I don't want to sound cliche again, but you do, you do love. And yeah, I like that, man. You do enjoy your life. And at the moment, I've been, I think I mentioned earlier, I've been single, uh, been single three years, nearly three years. And, uh, as much as I love someone in my life that uh, that that is fantastic and loves me, yeah. everything like that, I'm content with who I am. And Patience. I, I'm content with myself, and I don't need someone else to validate me, and I don't need someone else to make my life better. Yeah, man. At the moment, I'm just trying to find that person who we're both going in, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're both going in the right direction. We're both again. I don't sound cliche, but we're both alphas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Like together on our own, we're great, but together, we're yeah, complimentary. You know? Because I've been in relationships, and yeah, it's been my fault as well, mainly my fault, probably. But I've been in relationships where it's so toxic, and we, yeah. we're, we're just we detrimenting each other. I've been terrible, mate. Trust me, I've been yeah. poison, brother. I tell you, I've poisoned, I've been the poison in situations, but I understand that, and I, I accept that, and I forgive myself, and I forgive, I, I forgive myself, man. Mm. I do because I'm. I'm I, 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 I I believe that everything I did growing up through my bad times when I was being so bad to people, I I can now sit and speak about these and help people sort of like I, I guide them but become a lighthouse so they don't hit the same rocks that I hit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't want I trust me I do not want people to feel what I felt and the and and, and have people inflict <laughs> the kind of stuff I used to inflict on other people. Yeah. I, I I I refuse to go through life now with that kind of knowledge and without sharing the tools to help people steer them away from them rocks mate yeah massive I mean, man I, I completely agree with that you know it's uh, you can't change your past 
and uh, everything. Like no one has a perfect life. Yeah. Nobody. There's always things that people think like they think. Oh, I'm, I wish I didn't do that. I might regret it. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Instead of just thinking you regretted it, um, just you know you can't change anything that's no. happened. You can only change what will happen, and uh, you know just learn from it. Every everything in life. Even the worst situations possible, everything What's is a lesson, and there's me. positives that come out of every single situation. Yeah. So as easy as it is to focus on the negatives, especially in the worst situation possible, focus on the positives. Yeah. You know, focus on what's good. Find the positives. There'll yeah. always be positives. There'll always be good lessons to 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 to, um, to gain and to, to conclude from those situations. So focus on them and and, and keep going. Yeah, man. Ladies and fucking gentlemen, this guy's been an absolute honour today to be around all day, mate. He always is every time I meet him. Uh, Brandon Angus Scott uh, on his Instagram is Brandon Angus Scott as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to go give him a follow, and I'm pretty sure uh, you'll take some motivation and inspiration from, from his posts and what he does, guys. So, thanks for listening, and I, I'll catch you all next week. Big love. <laughs>